problem. Whether you've arrived on purpose or by accident, been hijacked or forced to come here, we hope that you're choosing here to come here by choice. You've, you've reached Fishing Without Bait, a lifetime without definitive expectations, where we help people explode into their lives through full impact mindfulness. And we're looking for people who want to create their lives rather than find themselves. If you have the honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness to try, which are the only admission price here, welcome aboard, jump in the canoe, and start paddling, and let the adventure begin. As always, I'm Jim Ellermeyer, I'm a behavioral health therapist, and today we're joined by our new friend. I'm, I'm Ryan. Uh, I perform as Ryan Zane, uh, as a professional wrestler around here, as a hobby. Um, yeah, and then work, work a Joe job, and I, I like that just fine. You're a, I say Joe job, I love, I love my gig. <laughs> You're a professional wrestler. Professional, yeah, we can, we can use that term loosely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm a hobbyist. You, uh, thank you though. That that's like the, that's the nomenclature. Yeah, you are a professional wrestler. You perform in front of crowds. Do you not? Yeah. Yeah, That's true. All right, good. And you've developed a skill level to do that. Yeah. Because I've watched some of your matches. Ah, shucks. Uh, Thank you. And yeah. Well, I'm not, uh, if I thought you were a bag of moldy cheese, I'd get around to telling you so. (laughs) But uh, I watched, I I watched the matches and it looked like you knew what you were doing in a ring. So how did you, so how did you get into professional wrestling? Like, um, as a thing to enjoy or as a, as a thing to do actively? How to get into it. Um, there's people out there right now saying, well, how do I do that? I was constantly curious about it. Constantly curious about it. Uh, I'll say like for my whole conscious life, just like, what is this thing and wanting to do it? Uh, cause it looked bouncy and fun and it was spectacular. Uh, but not until I was like 18 and some local indie wrestler had posted about an open mat, an open ring uh, in the area. It was about a half hour drive from my house. So yeah, I did that and came back about a year later. I tried to do like community college, but it just didn't suit me. And uh, yeah, then I just started working full time and training and uh, trying to work full time or being in between jobs and keeping up with that. And I don't know, just chased it down. Uh, I identify it now as like, what I wanted more than anything was like to run away with the circus. I think a lot of us have had that idea. Yeah. We'd like I to, like to think I fulfilled it. Well, you know, people have to deal with reality, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it's occasionally wonderful to take some flights of fancy. How do you mean? Well, to sit and dream and why I encourage oh, yeah. people to dream. I encourage people to be creative. And you talked about being curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's a real talent and a gift that a lot of people have lost. Yeah. Uh, shucks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I still like, I'm like third, I'm 34 years old and I guess like I'm still imaginative about things. And I, I hope that that's not all like just delusion and stuff. And I try to keep, uh, you know, my imagination grounded in reality or focused in like my practice of what I get to do wrestling. Well, what I encourage people to do, Ryan, is to keep their head in the clouds and their feet on the ground. Well, I've heard that before. Uh, I've heard, where have I heard that before? We always want to explore possibilities and be open because have the, have the beginner's mind like a three- or four-year-old child where we can imagine that all futures are possible. Yeah, that's the only way to like actually have new new discovery in your life, too, is like, yeah, thinking about being at the beginning. Um, and... Yeah, I, I guess I never I never imagined that I know everything, you know? There's I know very, 
very little. Um, then I think about like stuff I've done and there are plenty of people who haven't left their hometown, which is crazy to me. Um, and still like whatever I've done in my life, like I could still do more. I haven't left, I haven't really left the country. I don't have a passport. Um, things like that. I don't know why I'm thinking about it specifically as travel, but. Well, every day is once in a lifetime mm-hmm. and everybody has 24 hours. So who are so who were some of your heroes when you were growing up, Ryan, or heroes now? Um, I'm trying to think of outside the realm of wrestling, but that's tough, ain't it? Um, well, if it's wrestling, then it's wrestling. It's definitely Mick Foley. It's uh, his like commitment to the bit, as we like to call it, but really his commitment of his like body and his mind creatively to the process, um, and how like visceral he made his art. Um, is very grounding in humanity and also in like uh, psychology and uh, sort of trying to like unravel madness as a character. Uh, but then like in his retirement, his like philanthropy and his like uh, focus on soft things and connection to his family, um, those are all things like I admire and aspire to, uh, even if like now I'm not a family man or uh, like, have what I perceive as the capability to give back, uh, much more than I, I possibly can. Like, uh, that's who I looked up to. Um, yeah. Okay. And, uh, there were a couple of people growing up along the way, like high school teachers, et cetera. But when I think about it and what I obsessed, who I obsessed over, uh, if I think about a hero, that guy. Nah. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, that's kind of ironic because when I was watching your matches, you had longer hair and oh, yeah. matches, and you had a longer beard. Mm-hmm. And I'm certainly mimicking him. You were actually you had facial expressions like like him. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. Shucks, uh, yeah, it's it's almost entirely mimicry too. Just um, and and some of that comes from like within in my like my perception of how I should be emoting and reacting in in any moment but like a lot of that uh, is like learned mimicry from like constant study um not that i i don't really study a whole lot anymore like i've lost that um edge and focus and especially in the past couple of weeks like i've started the year and just kind of taken a step back from doing much okay there's one one match um a couple of weeks ago and i like sprained my knee throwing a jab which yikes feels uh, like 13 years in, give or take a lot of time off in the light, what I'd call a pretty light schedule and career. Um, yeah, like doing that is like a little embarrassing and stuff. And it makes me feel old. Like I just turned 34. But then I like slapped a brace on it, went up to New York two days later and like worked a super fulfilling gig. You also have a, uh, a persona that you put on in the ring also aside from like me with uh yeah you wear a mask and you uh i can yeah i don't don't mind unwrapping that so yeah i uh worked for a bit as argus that's like a gecko and i got that character from working in a promotion in philadelphia like they gave that to me uh because i I had to source the mask and the gear and and do all that and kind of invest in that but yeah um i don't know ask ask me a question about being argus well uh what I wanted to relate it to is to real life okay, and uh, mental health. Many people go through their lives 
Ryan wearing a mask. Gotcha. And they they have different personas they present in, in different, different situations. People. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've I've certainly seen that with like people I encounter in life. God, it's like almost always painful. It's almost always painful when like you see uh, the other side of someone after however many years or days or weeks. But like, oh. Um, anyway, sorry. <laughs> well, those are people that haven't gotten acquainted with what we will call their authentic self. Right, okay? right. I concur. They're still trying to create this type of persona that they think other people uh, will relate to. Or need or want or appreciate more than themselves, which is like, um, I don't, I'm trying to tailor my language. And also, this sounds really judgmental, which is it's just kind of messed up. <laughs> it's messed up to worry, have to worry about uh, like who you are internally and how you'll be perceived outwardly. Um, and then, like, mask. I feel like that's where a lot of, like, people get dodgy with their behavior, too, because there's there's so many, like, fronts they're trying to juggle that, like, morality gets blurry. But anyway, well, most please know yourself. Yeah. Well, the Buddhist, I, I probably do it a lot still, too. The Buddha says that uh, what other people think of us is none of our business. Okay? Yeah. So if you develop stronger self-concept, stronger self-esteem, uh, an identity formation, mm. you really don't care what other people think about you. Yeah. Because you're not trying to impress anybody. Mm -hmm. And most people go through their lives comparing themselves to others. Yep. If I only had this, if I only had that, mm. if I could wrestle like Ryan, if I could. <laughs> if I, I hope could, not. <laughs> well, I'm a, sorry. I'm sorry. There's a lot of people out there that uh, admire Professor Russell. I, I admire the skill level that uh, is shown on it. And these matches. Thanks. You know, it's often perceived as like, uh, like simpleton entertainment. And uh, sure, I understand that perception, but that's very nice to hear, just from like anyone to say I, I appreciate the skill set involved and uh, like how difficult it is, even on the low level. And I think like my perception of like where someone's skill level should be and like where I'm performing lately, they don't match up um, to where I'd like to be. And that's not uh, that's just my own personal expectation. But also, I'm having so much fun that I kind of care. I care less. Um, but where, where was I going with this? Just thanks. Thanks for like. It, it's it's tough even when I'm like, I hate to say it, but like kind of phoning it in lately. We often uh, talk to people about expectations. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. and most people in life, uh, when they're depressed or they have anxiety, mm -hmm. they're trying to live up to unrealistic expectations of themselves, or what they believe others have on, on expectations of them. Oh yeah. I had to get out. So like personally I had to get out from under that with, uh, probably like my immediate family, um, before I could like survive. And I really had to like force survival when I moved to Philly to go do Lucha, uh, which started really as like a lot of sleeping on friends couches until I knew I'd, I'd outworn my welcome and like spending a little time in my car before moving in with some guys. And, like eventually hearing less and less about what I needed to do because um, I was doing everything that I needed to do to survive. And like it became so simple for me to just like shut out um, any perception of like I need to go back to school and finish and get a degree or I need to and anything really move move back to Virginia, which God uh, just just wouldn't have worked out for me. And I tried it once and it didn't. Well, sometimes I ask people, I say, where's that voice coming from? I think it. For me personally, uh, if I had to answer that question, a lot of it comes from home, and I had to like, I've had to shed that. 
uh, to not hear it anymore. And that's been like crucially freeing to my life, to uh, oh, my, my soul, whatever that is, or my like emotional stability mm-hmm. and ability to start self-regulating and not looking like, like up to either my folks uh, or my older brother who like, mm, um, whatever, whatever. There's like ever levels of abuse in a family, but who weren't great uh, to me. Uh, I I don't want to harp on it too much where we can get into it, whatever. Uh, It depends on where your question is. You can share with whatever you feel comfortable with. Yeah, that's that's about it. But we feel, people feel like, we we always ask, where did that, uh, where did that behavior come from? We always have to ask people. We can treat symptoms, okay? Mm -hmm. Unless we find out where, what's driving behavior, nothing will be accomplished. Yeah. I think I, I worry a lot, like, these days and what I'm focusing on uh, in my practice is like um, any, any like sign of a temper. Um, and that's still like when I least expect it kind of like rears its, rears its head where I'm so frustrated in a situation or with even, even with other people or my own expectations with them or myself, you know, I, um, I get frustrated and God, I'd like to rest that like from my spirit, but I know it like it comes from, uh, kind of like conditioning of like uh, conditioning to a violent household and hearing a lot of yelling and door slamming and shit like that, like then informs my immediate reaction to things when, um, how do I put it? When like the steam engine is full and yeah. hasn't been let off when, or in the uh, rocket ship is full of fuel that hasn't yeah. been ignited, um, et cetera, or I haven't like dumped fuel as it were. Um, yeah, a lot of times we carry that pain of the past around with us into the present. Yeah, and I, I do that. And I, I just like, oh God, I, I've worked on it for so long just think, thinking about it and focusing on it, and I hope I haven't like obsessed over it. Well, but I've, I've talked about this tattoo to a lot of people, so of course. So what does this say, abracadabra? Yeah, when you, so when you think of abracadabra, Ryan, what comes to your mind? Um, like silly, fantastical magic, like something really, really goofy, honestly, like a guy in a top hat producing a bunny from yeah, that top hat. Making something appear. Yeah, yeah. So what do I like? Uh, tell me more. Well, uh, it's actually a real word. It comes from the Bible's Jesus time. Okay, it's Aramaic and roughly what it translates <laughs> Wait, Abracadabra is Aramaic? That's correct. Okay, cool. Cool, I, cool, cool. What I speak, what I, I speak, what I create, I create what I speak. Okay. okay. 80% of cognitive behavioral therapy is about changing the language in the way you speak to yourself. Mm. I call it reversing the curse. <laughs> uh, learning how to speak to yourself like you'd speak to a friend. Mm-hmm. The cool kids today call it manifestation or vision boards. Right. But it's, right. Uh, it's just, just it, that's just a different buzzword for today. Yeah. Or like intention. Like, okay. Neato. Yeah. Neat. So the more you learn how to reverse the curse and learn how to speak to yourself as a friend and counter that inner critic inside of you. Yeah. Uh, Lately it's been that. And I think I've got to remind myself that like I'm, I'm a sweetie who likes to bake honestly. And what I want is peace in my life. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I should remember to like say that more often. You could choose to. I could. Yeah. You could choose to. I should write it down when I get home. Well, <laughs> and one of the, uh, one of the things that we always want to do is plant flowers and pull weeds. There's so many negative people in our lives that if they're, what return, of, I often ask people, what return are you getting out of your investment in this relationship? Right. And a lot a of consist- time it's minimal. Yeah, with a consistently negative person too. Yes, I understand. Uh, I definitely understand that more recently too. 
Um, and like, not to, I don't know, not to excuse myself for like any guffawing and, uh, like lashing out, but I can, that like consistent negativity, was something I was enduring, like a constant dark cloud that I didn't have, uh, over my head. Um, and like, I felt like that drove me to like my, my wits end, my worst, like my, my maddest, my madness. Ugh. And like, I do have to continue to, uh, consciously protect my like relationship boundaries and who I spend this time with and really listen to what they're, what they're telling me and saying, um, and consider that and how it affects me. Cause it, it brings out the worst in me. And then like, once I'm the worst, uh, once I'm the worst version of myself, Oh God, I'm the worst, you know, uh, does, do, do you understand what I'm saying? I'm glad you didn't bring that person tonight. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. Uh, I don't usually, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, there's not like, there's not a lot on my shoulders right now, except, you know, I've, I've got a day job and it's a blessing and, uh, I got a couple like a couple leg injuries right now, but, okay. uh, like I have health insurance and a roof over my head and I eat whatever I want. <laughs> well, that brings I should exercise more. My expectation right now is like, I've got to start taking well, care of Well, you could choose to. I could, I should. Not only could well, I. Well, if we replay, if we replace those shoulds and have tos and needs tos with I choose. I think you'll find that uh, you'll feel a little better about yourself, buddy. I'm going to get on the bike tomorrow when I choose to. I like the way you're talking now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I've been thinking about it a lot and then not activating. I've been playing video games and chilling out and, like, enjoying the start of the new year and, and uh, thrumming through, like, winter. I'm kind of, like, I'm hibernating, but I really shouldn't be. Like, I should be stretching and uh, regularly exercising and lifting again. But, you know, I'm just, like relaxing through well, it maybe, i don't know if that's how i'm like getting through maybe the it's that time right now yeah like see like i may be just like rolling through seasonal effective and just like trying my best and like this is that's my capacity right now i guess well you know yourself better than anybody yeah mm-hmm. so generally for a seasonal affective disorder we just generally prescribe sleep exercise, I'm nutrition. Sleeping. I'm sleeping and, a lot. Uh, well, you have to have good sleep. Yeah. And then sociability, being in touch with other human beings, like-minded people mm-hmm. that support mm-hmm. you, that you look forward to seeing. Yeah, yeah. And they look I've been able to, to accomplish that. You. Yeah, I've been able to accomplish that this winter, which is nice. That's good. That's well, a good reminder. If you have people like that in your life, then you're a fortunate man indeed. Mm-hmm. And quite often, we don't spend enough time in gratitude gratitude being grateful for the things that we have like you just mentioned having a roof over your head having the job that you okay with that you work that you're a professional wrestler that you have socks that uh that match and yeah you uh, matching gray sweats you have a beard that i couldn't uh, grow if i left live multiple lifetimes (laughs) but that's all luck yeah if it's impossible ryan to have a mind of anxiety and a mind of gratitude at the same time. They can they cannot coexist. It's impossible. We'll be continuing our conversation with Ryan next week, a fascinating conversation, delving into the depths of his soul and a free prescription for you. Fruits, nuts, and vegetables. Unplug that television and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience without expectations, fish without bait. Do a kindness for another and do a kindness for yourself. Forgive yourself and forgive another. Till all are free, none are free. If we're all not the divine's children, then none of us are. 
Be good to yourself today and every day. Namaste. If you're interested in flying the colors of fishing without bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.